couple days ago, I was doing a story uh, for The Spectator about disc golf. Now, many of you are probably more familiar with this as Frisbee golf, although Frisbee is a brand name. So, but same, I mean, same thing. Essentially, you understand what it is. And for a lot of you, though, and I'll admit for me, when you first think of Frisbee as a sport, Frisbee is, you know, who's using Frisbee? Who's playing Frisbee games? One of the common perceptions is that, you know what, Frisbee's for kids and for university students who are throwing it around in the quad and maybe for some stoners. And sometimes those are all mixed in together. They may all be the same people. But as I'm doing this story, as I'm talking to my next guest, as I'm starting to look into this, the thing that shocks me is when you go online, when you get involved in social media, when you start looking into this sport, and we're calling it a sport because it is, how many people are actually not just into it, but passionate about this sport, passionate about these games. I, I'll be honest with you. I had no idea. I had no idea. For me, Frisbee golf was stand at 60 yards away and say, hey, first one to hit the tree wins. It is way, way bigger than that. Chris Azolans is the president of the Ontario Disc Sports Association. He's also a professional disker which I know a lot of people are saying, wait, they have professional disc athletes. Yes, in fact, they do. Chris joins me now. Chris, thanks for doing this tonight. Hey, no problem, Scott. Thank you for having me. Is it a fair statement to say right off the bat that if, while there are tons of people, obviously, who are really passionate about these sports and really the numbers are growing, there is still in some corners, like me, a bit of a perception issue about who is involved in this and what these games are? Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's definitely fair to say. I mean, um, uh, social media and and you know the the advent of YouTube and just kind of the exposure of the sport's been growing like wildfire lately, and I think hopefully we're changing some of those perspectives. Well, and you talk about social media, and I don't think I think you're right. I don't think there's any way you can separate the social media aspect of this from the disc golf and the ultimate frisbee, which are really the two uh, the two big sports. They seem to really the growth seems to have really gone hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. I mean. Uh, Ultimate as a sport, I think, is is quite a few years ahead of disc golf. You know, in Ontario, we probably have well over 30,000 ultimate players, leagues set up everywhere from Tilsonburg to North Bay to Thunder Bay. And uh, disc golf's kind of picking up the slack as of recently. It's just uh, an infrastructure issue right now, I think, more than anything. But, th- I mean, when you say ultimate, there's a couple things. First of all, there's a pro league out there, right? There, there is a- Oh, absolutely. absolutely. We, uh, Toronto has a pro team. They, they travel to Seattle, down to southern states, everything. And you were telling me the other day that this is actually something that you are in the process of getting this made into an offsa sport. So it could be an Ontario high school championship in ultimate. Absolutely. We are currently planning the 2016 regional qualifiers for the seven main regions in Ontario. And, uh, communicating with school boards right now to hold their qualifiers and uh, working with OFSA and the Ontario Trillium Foundation. They've provided with a grant to fund these qualifiers and uh, work towards a OFSA championship. And and I think part of the reason, obviously, that that would be something that OFSA and other schools might be willing to jump into, uh, two reasons. One, it's very inexpensive to play. You need a field and a Frisbee. Uh, the second thing is, I mean, it really is an athletic sport. It's running and it's coordination and it, it's a good cardio workout. So that side of it, I think it makes a lot of sense why they'd be interested. Absolutely, absolutely. If, if you've ever played ultimate before, you, you definitely uh, cherish your moments on the sideline. <laughs> catch a breath. 
Okay, but disc golf, which is what we were writing about, what I was writing about, this is different because, again, a lot of people have played some sort of ad hoc version of this where you pick a mailbox or a tree or something and you say, try and hit that. And that, I mean, ultimately, it's, or, pardon, I shouldn't use that word. Essentially, that's yeah. what that's what this is. Only what you guys are doing now, it's, it's a lot more professional. It's a lot more... Um, I don't want to say complicated, but you're, you're, you're building the infrastructure you talked about that doesn't look like just a tree stump anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when disc golf was kind of first came to be, uh, they played with what's called tonals, which are just essentially targets. They used to use a stovepipe on, on, on another metal pipe, and it would make a loud noise, and you would have hold out. But um, I think as the sport's grown with its legitimacy, uh, you know, they've... they've implemented standards there's standard catching devices now they have to be sanctioned by professional association there's uh standards for course design there's standards for hole length for par and uh, so forth and so on and this works though ultimately i get i did it again and this works like golf i mean it's the same basic idea you have a par you take a certain number of strokes you get the instead of a hole you have a basket that you're trying to get the frisbee or the disc into but ultimately uh, you're gonna, you know what? It's so far in my head now, the word ultimate, that I can't get it out. You are trying to do the exact same thing. Finish the round in as few strokes as possible. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's essentially the same thing, except you're throwing a disc instead of hitting a ball. And I guess what I tell most people is the difference, too, is because the disc is a larger object and creates more drag with air, you're talking feet instead of yards as far as distances go. I am, by the way, going to find myself now if I say ultimate one more time on the show accidentally. Uh, you burned it into my head. The infrastructure, though, is an issue because around here in Hamilton, until very, very recently, there was one disc golf course, and it was not somewhere that was obvious to people. You wouldn't stumble upon it. You had to go look for it. So for a lot of people, they would have never known that such a thing even existed. Absolutely. I mean, our... our big disc golf course is tucked up in Flamborough at the uh, Christie Lake Conservation Area. It's a beautiful course, but it's kind of out of the way for most Hamiltonians as far as transportation goes, even. Um, I guess if anyone read your article, they would have learned that there's now a, another option for them up on the mountain at the Hamilton District Christian High School that was uh, built by the Venture Program there and a, led by a teacher named Richard Van Edmond. Um, and now that community kind of has access to a nice nine-hole beginner course. And when you say beginner course, um, this is something that somebody could go out to. And, and when we're talking about professionals a moment ago, you, you can go there and actually have fun. It's not going to cause you to pull your hair out if you try to play this. Absolutely. I mean, uh, disc golf, it, it's easy to get decent quickly at disc golf. It's hard to get really good right away, just like regular golf. I, I think the comparison's there. Um, but, you know, these holes are between 150 and 200 feet long, and, and the average person who's thrown a disc before will be able to come away with some birdies, you know, in their first or second round out of the course. The, the idea behind it, though, when you got a call, because they called you to ask you to be an advisor for this, you, I know yeah. you were excited about it because these courses are not generally cheap to make. What, what would it typically, and I know they did theirs because the school did it and they got some companies to help them because it was a school project, but typically what would, an alt, uh, what would a disc golf course cost to put together if you were doing it from scratch? Well, it's actually not too bad when you talk relative to other infrastructure that parks are often investing in. Um, you're looking at anywhere between seventeen and $25,000 when you're investing in a full-fledged 
a professional level disc golf course, and that's with a lot of volunteer work involved. Um, the Hamilton District Christian High School actually managed to get a local fabricator in Georgetown to build their baskets for them and save them quite a bit of money, which was pretty important because they did run into a hiccup while building the course and had to spend a little extra money on a bridge to cross Tiffany Creek. Right, and so when people go, now this is going to be open to the public. It's, I mean, it's open now. People can go and play, and it's uh, it's no cost, and they can get a feeling of what this is. It's at the corner. For people who don't know where it is, it's at the corner of Garner Road and Lancaster Road. It is um, almost across the street from Redeemer University, if people know where that is. Uh, but it, it, it's open. Have you played it now that it's finished? Uh, last time I was there, actually, the ground is far too wet to play it. Um but I will be there again in the next few days uh, delivering the signage for the course. There's actually going to be hole signs for every hole, a big course map at the front, the essential rules and tips for playing disc golf, all of that. They've really invested in you know a professional look for the course, and uh, I think the community is going to really appreciate it. And you keep mentioning professional, and that, that, that's intriguing to me because there is you are a professional. You, do, you have competed, and for people who, again, are saying really professional, like, you've played in some tournaments with some pretty decent prizes. I've I've played in a few. Yes, I was just uh, recently as March. I was down in Arizona, competing for uh, a purse well over a hundred thousand dollars. But uh, unfortunately, didn't place too well on that one. No, but that 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 says something about the level of interest and in the the uh, sponsors and and donors are only getting involved if they believe there's an interest in this. So obviously, there is a sense that this really is taking off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's. There's companies down in the States now selling millions of discs a year. There's companies who are able to keep a uh, videography staff kind of on the payroll. And now, if, if you've been on YouTube lately and watched the professional side of the sport, you'll see some, some pretty decent levels of production going into some of these tournament videos. And uh, as recently as the Glassblown Open, it's a pretty popular video out there right now, there was, I believe, four different... Uh, outfits filming different cards you know professional graphics up in there it's it's really quite something to watch if you ever want to check something out on youtube how long if someone decides they want to go up to hamilton district christian high school and take a, a whirl of this course how long would it generally take to play i mean golf takes you a whole day or a better part of a day how long would it take to go through this course oh man uh you're looking at less than an hour for sure I mean, it, it's as fast or as slow as you want it to be. If you want to go out and really take in nature, take your time, it could take you up to an hour. There's nine holes there. Uh, but, you know, the, the average golfer would probably be through the course in 30 to 45 minutes. It is, uh, it is something that a lot of people are going to want to take a stab at because, again, it's not something that requires a massive amount of athleticism. You're not going to be exhausted when you do it. It's not a cardio-type thing. And I was up there uh, just the other day, Chris, and, and i got to tell you, there's one of the teachers in particular who's already bought a full set of discs. He's just, I mean, it's in, by doing it a few times has become, uh, everyone else up there is telling me he has become basically addicted to this, and, and I, I'm guessing he's probably not the only one. Oh, absolutely not. That's, that's the nature of the sport. It is, it is highly addictive. I mean, it combines, you know, the outdoors with the physics of flight, and it's, it's kind of really something to behold. I, I do hope everyone gives it at least one whirl. Chris Azolans, the president of the Ontario Disc Sports Association. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Scott.